0: You're listening to Garibaldi Red, a Nottingham Forest podcast brought to you by Nottinghamshire Live. Hello and welcome to Garibaldi Red, the Nottingham Forest podcast from Nottinghamshire Live. My name is Matt Davis and we are streaming live on Facebook as normal. Uh, we are here today with Sky Sports presenter and former Red returning to the show, David Prutton. Good morning, how are you?
1: I'm very well, Matt. How are you? It's it's uh, it's lovely to be here, thank you very much. The sun's streaming in, which up north doesn't necessarily always happen, but no, it's good. How are you, mate? You're all, all good? Yeah, good, good. I mean, last time we had you on was like um, as low as it could be. A lot, you're, you're a lot more chipper, I'll say that. You, that <laughs> smile's come back to your face, which is lovely to see. Good.
0: Um, so, as ever, streaming on Facebook. So if you've got a question for David, do um, put them to us. Uh, keep them nice because I <laughs> won't put them all to him. <laughs> but if you've got any questions about what's happening with the club and his thoughts on general <clears throat> stuff around the championship, do drop them in. Um, we got you on because you were covering the game for Sky Sports, so you had a good look what? at it. Uh, for us damn. and New Cardiff 2. What did you um, make of it, just in terms of Forrest's performance? It was
1: very Jekyll and Hyde, but it
0: just wasn't too great overall, was it?
1: It was. A, they gave themselves a mountain to climb, so the cliche goes, after giving away goals such as that uh, in the first half. Um, it, 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 was, it seemed to be lacking intensity and energy, which uh, I think if you're a fan would be frustrating to watch. Um, the, the goals that were conceded um, like anything, when you watch a goal, you can pull it apart afterwards. But absolutely um, avoidable uh, from the point of view of the first one. You're, whoever's marking um, Kiefer Moore uh, with regard to how it's set up pre-match has just got to make sure that you get as close as possible. That sounds, I know, that sounds incredibly um, straightforward, especially more so after the event. But a ball into the box that lands on and around the six-yard box that's headed in pretty much um, unchallenged is something that um, no defence should allow themselves uh, that situation to get into. Uh, Obviously, if if Lewis Graben scores that wonderful chance, which, as we know, nine times out of ten, he would, uh, then that puts it back to one-all and then suddenly you've got a different game. And it's amazing how little instances such as that and goals uh, can change a game. But again, Kiefer Moore getting his second, again, the relative freedom of the six yard box is something that uh, once you get to half time and break it down and think about it, and uh, when the lads get back in, there'd have been a lot of, you'd like to think that, uh, not finger pointed, but a discussion and an inquest to say, well, I mean, who's marking who, who's meant to be picking up this obvious threat off someone like a Moore more. And then second half, much better, much better, as Sabri said after the game, much better. And the things that he's looking for, the prerequisites, that. the the very basic element of putting one foot in front of the other, getting close to the opposition um, and being in a position where you can affect the opposition, they did that a lot more. Ryan Yates, obviously, another very, very good chance. Uh, And again, another position where that could have changed the game. So, overall, it's a frustrating afternoon. Uh, But the positives that you take are that second-half performance and how Forrest went about that. And that's what they've got to keep hold of going into the next game.
0: Yeah, I mean, we've had a load of questions for you already, a couple of to that game. Ryan Roworth, or Roworth, uh, I'm probably sure we've got that wrong, says, do you think we should set up as we did in the second half against Cardiff, playing more attacking with two strikers? Do you think he has to play 4-4-2 against Huddersfield, who are next up, almost for as much as self-preservation, so he gets to the point where he looks a bit too stubborn if he doesn't change, does he, do you think? Or, or, do, you, um, or do you have to keep going with what's got you so far?
1: Well, it's it's amazing, isn't it, what, what can be... Um, Courage of conviction can be, it depends if you're looking at it in a positive or negative way. If you're looking at it a positive way, that is the courage to stick to your guns, i.e. what Sabri wants to do and how he wants to set his team up. If you're looking at it in a negative way, that's seen as stubborn and not being able to perhaps change um, uh, uh, your approach and the different tact that you're going to get. We've we've spoken about something, Matt, and we we were chatting at the very end of the season about um, perhaps a, a section of Forest fans being frustrated that there isn't that slight change in approach. Uh, when things are particularly going your way. I think getting Lyle on the pitch, obviously a fully fit Joe Lolly affects Forrest positively no end. So you can't there's half a there's there's a slight disappointment with that. But the fact that you do see Lyle Taylor come on and um didn't get many guilt edge chances from what I remember, but did approach um did approach trying to occupy the defence in perhaps a way we hadn't seen from the opening half an hour or so. So um I think between him and Lewis Grabben, you've got two, well, we know what Lewis can do at this level. Lyle hit the ground running at the start of last season with Charlton and has come to a a football club with, with more stature, I think, uh, more kind of expectation and more um, more eyes pointed at him wondering what he's going to deliver and how he's going to li- deliver. It. And I think, um, as we know, Forest fans have a lot of patience with new players and hopefully that'll be rewarded uh, sooner rather than later. So... I think getting both of them on the pitch was a nice way of looking and seeing what could be a way of going forward. Um, but obviously, off the back of that, as you look at the delivery, uh, it's not just about strikers not taking chances, but it's about the whole team creating um, creating opportunities. And balls in, like Luke Freeman's, a phenomenal cross uh, that led to that chance for Lewis in the first half. More of that, you get the feeling that Lyle and, uh, and, and Lewis would really thrive off that.
0: What did you make of the lolly sub from a former player's point of view? So, uh, the manager said afterwards that he wasn't injured and it was tactical. If you're a player in the dressing room, is that going to ruffle a few feathers and annoy a few players, or are the better pro is going to shake it off? Cause like lo- lolly seems a great pro, but do you think it might? It, yeah, a couple.
1: That, that's that's what. Yeah, I mean, full respect to Joe and the, that kind of way of. Uh, it's obviously that there's people watching at home that it's not a full stadium, but the position where that happens, and it, I think the perception of that early substitution has changed nowadays, hasn't it? Because I think the tactical yeah. side of, of the manager is saying, no, Oh, we, we need to change it. especially when you're, when you're in a position where you're 2 0 down. Then something a lot of managers of a certain generation would wait till half time and, and make a change. But um, he wanted to get Lyle on the pitch, therefore, you get possibly 10 maybe 10 or so more minutes um, to see how those two interact up front. And then you've got 15 minutes, obviously, at half-time to be able to kind of tweak that and and assess what, what you've seen so far. But I thought the reaction was fine. We've seen that before, haven't we? People come off and throw the toys out the pram. But as you say, whenever, whenever I've read Joe's comments or heard him being interviewed or, or when I've seen him play, he looks like a very... Um, is obviously a very bright fella, and obviously understands that perception of if he comes off and throws his toys out of his pram, does that mean? Does that make it look like looks slightly uh, more complicated for the manager's situation? And, and, and I'm not saying that he thought about all this as he gets as he gets subbed, but I think the the maturity that he showed for that decision was was to be um, applauded. But he is such a key player for Forrest, isn't he? And he and he has been such a key player for a while. Which that statement perhaps shows that in this situation that they find themselves in slightly, slightly sticky, slightly tricky at the start of this season, that nobody is, is untouchable in, in that starting 11.
0: There's a couple of people asking you if you think Forrest have been found out. Uh, John Rowland said it, and also I'll read Danny Coulson's comment out here. Would you agree that Hmm. we've been found out? Neil, Neil Harris mentions he knew how we were going to set up before a ball was kicked. Do you think that's the case or is it more that Forrest's formation can work, but, the players actually have to deliver it, and they're not really delivering it at the moment.
1: Well, they're not, but and I, and I'm sure Forest fans would agree with this. Um Neil knows exactly what he's saying there, doesn't he? That that hint of mischief that comes with the way that he's he approached his football career. Uh, yes, he played for Forest, but I, I, I presume he spent a lot more time getting at Forest fans' noses as an uh, as an opposition player, didn't he? Which because that. That was mm. that, that. was that way that he played. That was part part and parcel of his of his makeup. And I and I can understand why he's saying that. And it and it always it, it's. Um, did he say that pre or post match? I
0: think post match, which is obviously easy because, to say,
1: uh, isn't it? It's it's wonderful, isn't it? Yeah, we won two. And I saw it coming. You know the master plan side, and I and like I said, I understand that the mischief that comes with that. But when it, no, I, I think you're absolutely right, right, Matt. When it works, it works, and that's that's. um testament to the way that he sets the players up but fundamentally how a manager our manager is 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 perceived at a football club and and how he's how his success is gauge is by the performances of the players on the pitch the the way that as I said you look at the two goals that's nothing to do with tactics formation what the manager said to them that that that's that's as simple as players taking responsibility which Um, they didn't in that instance. Um, But you do get games like that. You absolutely do get games like that where almost that aberration where everyone comes in scratching their head going, well, normally you would pick that player up. Normally you would, as you're coming out, Yuri Ribeiro, know that Kiefer Moore's behind you because even that split-second way he's looked and he's seen him, yet you can't um, mitigate for the the non-decision that was made of not going with him. Um, So uh, when, when you say about being found out... He can only work with the players that he's got. I think the players that he's got on paper have the potential to be competitive in the top six. I absolutely do. But we're again, and again, we looked at it before. And and when we talk about, when we look at putting on a game, and this is not kind of pulling back the curtain and showing you what's what's what the Wizard of Oz looks like. But um, you look at little statistical anomalies. You look at um, how a teams set up. We looked at it last season when we we covered Forest. That element of not dominating possession and they being more comfortable with that. Now, if you've got uh, that element of, of, of player that likes to play counter-attack and, and, and when you've got Lyle Taylor now in the team who doesn't mind doing that bit, running beyond stretching the team, then maybe, just maybe, that tweak to being able to, to do that more often than not helps because of the personnel that you've now got in, in the side. But I, I don't think it's a case of being found out. I, I think given what we've seen of teams getting promoted out of the Championship for possibly the last decade, the, the, the very simple fact is it's it's those consistent sides, the sides that can grind through it, the sides that, as, as I mentioned before, I think we've, we've mentioned it on here before, Matt, that, that can play Leeds on a Saturday tea time and turn them over, yet can also play Rotherham at home midweek and then turn them over as well. That's, that's possibly where... This is me presuming what a Forest fan would think and where their frustration comes from. That swing in the pendulum from fantastic, all-encompassing, energetic, powerful, uh, composed into not being able to take chances in another game and and seeing three points slip through your fingers. It's it's the inconsistency of the performance, I think, that would be frustrating.
0: There's a a couple of questions that are coming that are sort of related in terms of arguably giving players an excuse, but also being legitimate. So I'll put them to you and see what you think. Greg Warham asks, um, how much do you think blowing the playoffs will be affecting the players and the club still? And also, Aidan Fisher says, do you think not having the fans there is one of the reasons players are not performing? Is that giving players an excuse or do you think that's legitimate what
1: those guys are asking? I think there's two very legitimate points there. Given, and you've already mentioned it as we we were chatting at at the top of how the reaction to that final day was was keenly felt. And I, I had messages across the board from uh, football uh, forest fans that I know pretty well, some that I, I, uh, that I had classed as colleagues, some that I've come across in, uh, over the course of the last few years. And it was that, it was the same as you. I could tell by the look on your face, that, 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 that astonished disappointment, deflation of, of how on earth that had happened. And we can talk about it, we can talk about it, and, and, and it was we, we chatted about it before the game on Saturday. Um, but I think if that happens and Forrest then hit the ground running and suddenly you you off the back of a week where you've won three games, then it's like, well done, boo, banished, let's move on from that. Um, so I think there is still an element of wanting to get that first win, which does help to start chalking away what had gone before. And I think from the fans' point of view, uh, having having been in a position where you understand what that, what that stadium is like when it is absolutely buzzing and 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 um, the fans are, are right behind you, um, then I, I do think it makes a hell of a hell of a difference. We were chatting to Lee Johnson, and I was asking him about leading a team and what players were like and staff were like coming off the back of lockdown and and um, everything that goes, everything that's involved with that. And I think, and this is. Obviously, when you talk about getting back to the working world, which, if you are a professional footballer, that is your working world. Obviously, um, it's not like it's not saving lives. Except, I understand it's nothing to. It's not governmental. It's it's not something um, uh, as kind of um, seriously and like super serious and important as that. I absolutely, but it's very important to us and it's extremely important to the people that watch and follow this football team. Um, and and I think. Maybe just maybe we think that it's well pick it up again, get back on the football pitch, do what you do what you're paid to do. Maybe there are underlying subconscious um mental little hurdles that these players some some will, will be absolutely fine, some will need to take a bit longer to work towards that. That that we presume that playing football would be the most simple thing to do, and that's not been the case. Um and, and that but then that's the other side, like I said. 'Cause it's vocational, because it is a professional footballer. You've got to clear your mind, you've got to get to the next game, and you've got to be able to make sure that you can perform. And the good thing is for Forrest and the players involved, that next game comes extremely quickly. And you can have a you can have a, a dodgy week, a dodgy opening few days like they have, that can be very quickly banished within a fortnight because of the sheer volume of games.
0: While you were talking, I scribbled down Lee Johnson, actually. One of his post-match comments I thought was interesting about hmm. leadership and how relaxed they were in the tunnel. I mean, it's easy for me to pile on after they've lost again, but hmm. do you see a team that maybe is lacking a bit of leadership and uh, is a bit quiet on the pitch?
1: Um, I think if you, if you look at the personalities, as we, we've mentioned, Lewis, you mentioned Lyle Taylor. He is by no means a shrinking violet at all, is he? Um, and I mean, in the in the in the most complimentary sense. Joe Lolly, I I would, I would presume he would be a vocal presence on the pitch. You've got players in the back line that are both statuesque in physicality and, and within the team. So I don't know, it's, it's, it's a tough one that because of what, again, like we said, you send a team out after a team talk into a very quiet tunnel onto a very quiet pitch in a very quiet stadium. And that, that tub thumping, that kind of chest bumping type um, way of of coming out onto a football pitch. Something that we all know that Michael Dawson does and he's not in his sleep because he'd never get any sleep if he was shouting about the team performing. But that type of player, Ben Watson, you know what I mean? Players that are simple, unsophisticated, efficient, but knowledgeable enough to know that players, different players need to be managed in different ways. Perhaps there is an element of that and and having having been, ha- having covered games as we do from the studio but also having been to a couple of games, it is, it is quite surreal to hear or not hear as much or hear less than what you think you possibly would in a football game but there's absolutely no doubt at all that the emotion that comes from the fans being in the stadium uh, has an effect but I don't think Forrest can stand behind that because it's the same for every single... I was going to say every single football team in English football. Every single... Most football teams in world football now and you've just got to get on with
0: it. You mentioned Watson. I was going to ask you about another central midfielder. We were talking uh, when we were... Uh, What's happening about getting you on here about Ryan Yates and I sort of mm. compared him to you a bit and you said God loves a tryer, but Forest fans... <laughs> Forest fans are on his back in the sense that mm. he's not like... He's not super dynamic He's not Frank Lampard or anyone like that. But I get—I I wrote a piece, kind of leaping to his defence because I think that he is a good player who does a good job for the team. And he was actually Forest's best player in the second half, in a sense. I thought. Mm, what do absolutely. you think about this thing of Forrest fans getting on
1: Yates's back? Is that that unfair? Um, but but there's always it's, and I'm not saying it's premeditated at all, but or or there's any form of mob mentality in it, but. There's, there's, that's always the case. It always happens to one player, if not a couple. Um, mm. Some some players, for some reason, become a totem of the fans' frustration. I think uh, he, he had a glorious chance, didn't he, in the second half? That goes in, that slightly changes a bit of, bit of, of the preconception about him. But I think um, if you take the, the performance across the board from Saturday of the 11 it, it was objectively not very good as a collective like i said that's that one game in in isolation you hope as a as a fan that you can put that to bed and what what becomes imperative at the start of the next game is for the first 15 20 minutes as you incrementally get towards half time is and i'm not saying that for one second you um you go up, you lower part whatever the manager wants tactically but you get yourself about the pitch. You tear ass around like your life depends on it. There's, there's nothing that'll never change, no matter how gloriously um, intricate some football teams are in world football. Yeah. <laughs> in, I, me- I remember, I remember Paul Hart saying this to us a very long time ago. And apologies to people watching to bring up managers and players of years gone by, but but uh, but I know how well respected Paul was as both a coach and and a, and a player at Forest. But that's that. There's no substitute for that legwork. Of, <laughs> putting one foot in front of the other and getting around the pitch, showing the tenacity to be able to affect the opposition when things aren't going well. And I'm sure fans, would, we'd all take the beautiful game, wouldn't we? We'd all take the intricate passing that slices teams apart. But as a close substitute for that, we'll take effort and endeavour every single day of the week. And I think to, to for, for people to get on Ryan's back, I understand that it's part and parcel of football. Is it fair? I don't think so. He doesn't strike me as the type of player, from whenever I've seen him play, that would... Um, Draw the ire of the fans by looking like he doesn't care, looking like he's not prepared to put the work in. If you talk about the fundamental qualities of a player and what he's good at, if you're expecting him to be a player that slices apart the defence uh, from his vantage point in midfield, then if that's something he can't do, I mean, we are we, if with that sense of that very. Um, Tenuous comparison between me and him, and as I was scratching my head, going, Christ, poor sod, he didn't need any more people <laughs> jumping on the top, top of him, does he? But but it, I, I would have some games where those passes that you try would come off, but more often I'd like to think as you get older, you realise that your game is based on being able to communicate, to be able to be a good teammate, be able to get about the pitch, um, and disrupt the opposition, and then you will then you let the likes of a lolly be the man that helps to pull apart the opposition. So it's, um, yeah, I I understand. And I'm sure, I'm I'm not saying it it would be particularly pleasant for for Ryan, but the only way that you dispel the doubters or the people that cast aspersions on your particular role in the team is to get your backside on the pitch as much as you possibly can and do as much in your physical capabilities and in your control to win them over. Because I think if you do come through something like this, and you do earn the respect to the fans or or kind of uh, quell that uh, sense of frustration and they respect you more for working through that.
0: Yeah, I mean, as a former pro who's had the highs and the lows, what would your advice hmm. be to him at this time, assuming he's aware that people are on his back?
1: What, what would you well, say it, to him? Th- that's, uh, that's, it's tough because I am very much of the um, thought process that that will always be the case. It, you'll have pl- people that perhaps respect and appreciate a portion of what you did. You'll have people that, no matter what you did, won't ever get on board. And that's that's not just football. And let's not get too deep on this. That's just life in general. <laughs> you know what I mean? Pleasing everyone all of the time is 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 an absolutely impossible task. So the minute you take your head away from that and think, well, I'll box it off because that's not going to happen. So he, he needs to make sure, it, like if there was any advice to give, the reason that he's become a professional footballer or got to the stage where he can call himself a professional footballer is by being armour plated to certain aspects of what it's about you're open to criticism you're open to people saying i don't like him why i don't know just don't <laughs> and you're never going to change people's opinion in that case but people that go well I, I, I think he does a good job and they could so the pros and cons can be justified to the far end of wherever by that sheer um uh, the, the sheer bottom line of whether a, a, a fan likes you or doesn't like you if a manager the the validation from a manager is he puts you on the pitch. After that, it's your responsibility to be able to be as effective as possible. And I just think, as I said, this period, and I know that I understand the frustration perhaps of take what we were talking about um, Saturday. And this is, is, again, me not presuming that Forest fans dial in in their absolute thousands just to see what we talk about before the game because the build-up's called a build-up for a reason. The, The game's the most important thing, isn't it? The most important thing that people are watching for. Um but you look at how last season ended, and you look at how this season ended and the only reason you make a link is because of how short it's been It's been such a quick turnaround to try and get um Forrest back on the pitch to put to, to start writing those wrongs. Sabra's changed his staff um which i'm I'm sure we'll come on to but um the, the Ryan's been a part of a squad and a team that has been in that position, and I think to a man um it's, it's a group way of trying to put that right and trying to get a, a portion of the fan base back on side because the fans are absolutely 100% within the rights to be frustrated, absolutely.
0: Let's talk about um, signings then and trying to turn it around and get the season going. Scott McKenna, the Aberdeen and Scotland centre-halves, set to sign today. By the sound of it, he's um, pretty uncompromising, that kind of Rosette centre-half. Is that maybe something... the leader.
1: Maybe the leader that you're talking about. Yeah, Matt, I to say if that's something
0: team. that you've seen missing from the team. Maybe that might might just be the thing that tips them that extra two or three
1: percent to get them
0: winning a game.
1: Yeah, it's, it's good. I, I mean, I've I've been in um, teams where a, a player of this ilk comes in, such as that, and um, it's that breath of fresh air element of. Like I say, I mean, as as much as we like, and and, and, and pardon me if I'm, I hope I'm not doing Scott a disservice here, we we love the beautiful game being played out from the back, don't we? We also like it um, as football fans when it's 70 yards away from your goal. (laughs) You're not kind of relentlessly bringing pressure up. And if if he's a man that can come in in that kind of ilk of of a Michael Dawson that organises, that can um, uh, affect play further at the pitch, that can get messages through the different thirds of the team that um, means that they do become hard to beat because I think that's what that's the first port of call for any team I think that wants to be successful especially this season in the championship because yes it's only very much in its infancy Um, and you look at the teams the likes of Reading and Luton that have we talk about 100% records it's a couple of games in (laughs) you know I mean it's wonderful if you're there if you're there at the end of the season different kettle of fish but it's nice to be there at at the start of the season um, but you you look at to, you look at being hard to be in a division which I think is as open as we've seen for quite a few seasons. That's where Nottingham Forest need to start with. Be that solid, have that solid foundation. That if you're not going to win games in the prettiest of fashions, then you're going to grind games out because you know that you're capable of keeping a clean sheet. And as I said, Lewis Graban scores goals. Lyle Taylor can score goals. Needs to get up and running. We get. Yeah, if get Joe lolly back fighting fit. Um uh, and then it gives you gives you a fighting chance, which is it's a good starting place to be, especially in the championship, I think.
0: That's gonna be ten signings now. It's interesting that they were so close a lot, last it? it's a lot. Yeah. Well they were so mm. close last season to getting in the playoffs. Do you think mm. Sadly's seen something there? We talked about a hangover that he thought bigger changes are needed than perhaps we suspected after that Stoke game? Do you think, in
1: the sense of it being um, mentally, I think as much mentally, as mentally, yeah. like you, you pull out a portion, you drop them out. In comes a portion that wasn't part of of something. Yeah, that's that fine. That and then, and, and yeah. don't get me wrong. I, mean, I, I I'd hate to think this is this is um, seen as anything o- other than hopefully. And it, but obviously, my history of Forest goes a, a long, long way back, and I understand what team we were and what squad we were back then. Absolutely but given the improvements that we saw under Sabri last season yes it was it was bitterly disappointing the final game but th- that's not to say that we we damn this squad this manager the current setup purely on one game mm. it's that the re- the lead up to that game meant that there was the outside chance that something might happen that was pretty miraculous which it ended up doing and miraculous in, the, in in the in, in a bad way which I don't quite think makes sense isn't because the definition <laughs> no, 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 of a miracle no, no, no. Is, is a positive thing um so that that kind of that kind of broad sea change of personnel as you say ten, 10 players coming in means that you've got a good chance of being able to go into these games and not have someone going oh yeah but remember what happened or subconsciously thinking about it but the and, but the other side of it is is you've got players that have to be mentally tough about it um and, and, and again, it's easy to say, sat watching from our vantage point, whether you're at home watching it or whether we're trying to take it in and, and pull it apart before, during and after the game. Um, but that's there's got to be a, a, a moving on, hasn't there? And if that involves pers- different personnel, then great. If it involves players um, coming through that, then, then I think they'll be stronger off the back of it. And just coming off the comment that I've just seen there about them being bullied, I, I think if you especially if you look at the game Saturday, th- there was a tendency to do that. Um, Martin's absolutely right. That that big, strong, physical central defender helps helps playing against a keeper more, does it? And, and I've mentioned keeper quite a lot. And having seen his games for Wales and and how we how we led the line off the back of uh, last season for Wigan, he's he's really grown into a player that not only is big and, big and physical, but uses his body in the right way, doesn't he? It, it, and and I think again, if you're trying to look at it completely um objectively, you look at the game, you look at the goals, the frustration that Forest fans will have with the goals of look how tall he is. And I'm sorry to make it sound like common sense in Sunday League football, but look how big he is and they've kicked the ball high into the box. Get somebody near him that wants to make sure that he doesn't get on the end of that cross. And if someone like a McKenna's there balling and shouting you pick you game and I did well not to swear there you um you know what I mean you, you you everyone knows what their jobs are but there's someone there to reiterate what those jobs are then you, then like I said you've got half a chance of being in a football game more often than not
0: true true as from a player's point of view if you're a player from last season and you see mm. 10 new signings coming in what kind of reaction from your experience do you think that garners positive or negative
1: Got to see it as a challenge. Got mm. to see it as a challenge. If if you get the if you see your backside with it, you've got to pull yourself out of that. It's a team game. If your position's under threat, because football's ever evolving, constantly changing, you might have ten games where you're really, really good, and suddenly someone else comes in, and that ten games are forgotten, and you're suddenly having to bide your time a little bit. You've got to see it as as nothing other than a challenge. If if you're if there's an element of feeling sorry for yourself, then, like I said, it's got to be boxed off. Football's inherently competitive. That's what it is on a daily basis. That's what makes um, you as a footballer feel alive every single day. You come in, you've got to be better than the person that wants your it, It's And if you don't buy into that, it's, it's completely the wrong profession for you. True, true. Um, I was going to put another comment up
0: here about signing's been too much and FFP feel three teams Uh, how does Sabri keep these players happy I know he's boxed off quite a few of them and pushed them away to the under 23s is it hard to keep the morale kind of chipper uh, especially when you're not winning what's it going to be like in the dressing Mm. room do you think
1: it's funny when I read the end of that I thought it said FF something else not FFP (laughs) (laughs) I (laughs) did read it twice yeah I thought that could uh, I thought that was quite um, descriptive (laughs) Um, it's a lot. No, I think Craig's absolutely right. I mean, that that sense of um, it helps to um, perhaps banish memories of, of, of games gone by. But that's that's where a manager really does away from a football pitch and his corn, doesn't he? Big squads, keeping big squads happy is tough, especially if you've got if if the dynamic of it isn't quite right, and especially when you look at performances and results. Where you could quite rightly have players knocking on the door saying, Come on, boss, where's my chance? The team's not pulling up trees. Sorry for the for the pun, but <laughs> they're, they're um, so, therefore, it's easier, like you say, Matt, it's easier to, to park players in a say the 23s when the first team or the first team are doing well and getting results. Less easy when things aren't going so well because suddenly um, the dynamic, like I said, of, of players thinking that they should be given a, another fair crack at it means that. It's, it's tough for the manager. Um, I, I think on the one hand, I, if you're looking at it, you think, well, he's obviously currying favour with the powers that be that they've allowed him to do that much um, business. Uh, I think it's a dangerous game if those players are coming in and, and hitting the ground running and really making a difference. Then you, you, Then you, as Craig says, you end up with a big squad that's not answering the questions that you're being posed. So I, I think with that, only time will tell. I think this extended transfer window means that they've still got enough time to be able to trim the squad down to make it as lean, lean enough to be competitive. Uh, sorry, lean enough to be manageable, but big enough to be competitive. As in, if, if you have players not performing on a weekly basis, you can change a fair chunk of them.
0: Uh, I'll keep asking David other stuff. I'd be interested just in the comments and apologies to people who are listening to this after the event. If people want to drop in their best back three or back four, just to see who they think the best defensive combination is now, uh, with Forest having so many centre halves, I think up to eight centre halves now. So if people want to drop that in the comments, I might read a few out. Um, we, we,
1: you but, could, they could go full Stoke and go for four centre halves. That, that oh yeah, a, sense, <laughs> <it>. <laughs> a, 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 a sense, sense of a solid foundation, wouldn't it? That. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Where do you, obviously, you know Michael Dawson well and he's yeah. not in the team at the moment and even if he's not in the team, what role do you think someone like a Michael Dawson has in trying to get this team playing again how we know they can?
1: Huge. I, I think knowing him like I do and knowing the standards that he set for himself over the course of his career means that um, there'll be a sense of frustration with um, with the results uh, and perhaps the first half performance but he, he's, he's seen enough football across his years at all different levels to know that it can very quickly turn around very quickly turn around you you suddenly like i said you we we suddenly get to the end of i say suddenly it, it's, it's over a month away but you get to the end of october with all the games that are involved and it, it the the um landscape could be completely different the the players that have been brought in maybe they get a bit more chance to 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 settle in and meld into what Sabri wants. Sabri looks at perhaps playing a two up front and suddenly you get two players clicking off each other that start scoring goals. Um, I think from Michael's point of view, he's, like I said, he's got high standards both on and off the pitch in training. He's got a great way of carrying himself, which I'm sure um, if if any Forest fans have come across him in either spell, will know that he's, he's that big kind of gregarious smile that draws you in. Stand, stands him in good stead to, to maintain to maintain that kind of levity of, of, of about the place but he, he's he's um, that's and that's me not saying that he hasn't got it in him to to um, dig someone out because where wow, I've seen it he absolutely has so it's um it, it's imperative that he plays a, a big role and getting to the age that he's got perhaps wanting to play more games but understanding where physically that might not be the case. I think that'll be something that he he'll have to that he'll no doubt be working on and understanding himself. But he's he's one of the players I've come across that absolutely understands that the team, the group, is the most important thing. And maybe Sabri will lean on someone like Dost to, to help mutually get each through through mutually get each other through these slightly leaner times, if you like.
0: Just read out a few of these suggested. Defensive. Mm. I mean, we've got Dan Smith, Christy, So, Dawson, McKenna, Ribeiro. I'd forgotten about Cyrus Christy, which is ridiculous because he only signed last week, but he hasn't made his debut Dead. yet. Um, Keith Crick, So, Warrell, McKenna, Greg Oram, Christy, McKenna, Warrell, Ribeiro, and uh, Paul Young, not having enough squad depth to call us out. Best about four on paper will be Christy, Warrell, McKenna, and Ribeiro. Uh, fair bit of consistency there. Lower
1: and I tell you what, as well, there's, there's with, especially if you look at Christy Worrell and McKenna, the the experience is there, isn't it? You look at what mm. um, Cyrus did. I played with Cyrus a long time ago. Probably won't remember at Coventry, but he had the makings of a very good player back then. And I think as his career has progressed, um, and that changing way of of a perception of what a fullback can do on a football pitch, I I, I think he'll 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 be here with the experience of what he's, he's had over recent seasons at big clubs but also having that bit between his teeth to really hit the ground and prove himself. I'd like to think that would be the case. He, he he always struck me as that type of player that was determined and ambitious enough to not only do it for himself but to do it for his team and prove to people around him that he's worthy of that place in the team. So um, I, I think, as you say, if, if suddenly you bring Christian and you bring McKenna in who has got um experience, both of them, of international football at the highest level, then uh, I think suddenly that changes the makeup, doesn't it, of the team? And suddenly, maybe you, you look at that and you sit back up like this, solid like this, and maybe then you do have, say, if, if a Ribeiro's there at left back, you've got um, somebody keeping hold of him and, and managing his role within the team, and and that's and that's sometimes players need that, and there's, there's absolutely no disgrace in that about a centre half helping a full back and vice versa, because like like we said earlier on, that's some are more vocal, some like to just get on with their job, not not in a selfish way, but get on with their role of, right, I'm a full-back, I need to do this, the manager wants me to do that, I've got to take care of this winger today, this wide there. And sometimes doesn't need to help positionally and communication-wise. And and that's how the different dynamics and the chemistry of, of a back four perhaps dovetails.
0: Let's move on to coaching then. Obviously, Chris, mm. w- Chris Watson, Chris Cohen. Chris Watson's someone I work with. Chris Cohen is... Uh... <laughs> is, is he a good football coach? Is he any good? He's a decent player. I played with him a few years better than me. Um, Chris Cohen, who, played for, who did play for Nottingham Forest and worked for him for 13 years, has left the club mm. to go to Luton as a first team coach. I don't think, I asked you this before, you, you weren't a teammate of his, but you might have no. you know, crossed paths with him in the game. He's got a great reputation. Yeah. What, what would you say about him and the, the move to Luton?
1: Um, I think because if, so if, if he's gone there as first team coach, then. Again, Nathan's there. He, he's, he's got the bit between his teeth. I like the way he goes about leading the football club. Been, um, He's had his fingers not burnt but singed, hasn't he, by being at Stoke. So you can see he's, he's desperate to make up for that with a Luton team club that he knows very, very well. And I think so it's a fantastic opportunity for Chris. But maybe, just maybe there's a slight quizzical element of him going to them as a first-team coach. Has, has there been any response to that? Matt, from the point of view of, hang on, we've got a player here that's been part of the furniture, knows pretty well how the dynamics of the club run, would he have been better uh, hanging around? Was that ever a, d- a debate or a discussion?
0: Well, that's something I was going to ask you. A lot of fans have said that. A few commentators have said, uh, you know, why wasn't he in our first team setup? Mm. I don't know. don't think it was because he'd only been Forest Under-23's coach for about a year uh, Lamucci made this big shake-up in the summer and brought a lot of yeah. his own people in. I guess if you're a manager who he was obviously under huge pressure in the summer, mm. I guess you go with what you know, don't you? And you want to bring your your mates in who you've worked with before. So I can sort of see why, but I do feel like Forrest a bit, missed a bit of a trick here, losing yeah. coach to a championship rival. Do you agree with that, maybe?
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, the proof will be in the pudding with regards to what it contributes on a daily basis to Luton. I think... What you're saying is absolutely right. There's that so, and we've spoken to enough managers, haven't we? And I've experienced it from a playing point of view that that kind of cabal that they get around them mm. helps. It's it's not just um, having good members of staff. And again, I've <laughs> I've um, experienced different varying levels of this where <laughs> you can you can see you can see um, relationship wise why a manager has a certain. Number two, or a coach, and then you get him out on the pitch, and you go, "Wow, it's it's not because of his his coaching ability; <laughs> it's because <laughs> he's quite clearly got someone that's got his back through thick, thick and thin, which um, is, is a manager's prerogative, especially this day and age where um, the fuse of owners, uh, chief exec, etc., uh, chairman is, is seems to be at certain clubs shorter than ever. So, um, I think it's I think you'd be disappointed having a player. Which in this day and age, it's not the norm, is it? Having a player that's involved with the club for that length of time through different various um, roles, and I, I, what I've read on his farewell little uh, bit, his statement, I thought was really good, really good. I, I, I think we can get very cynical in football, can't we? And we get very pessimistic, and we can, uh, and sometimes it's 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 absolutely apt and, and thoroughly deserved. But when you hear someone that genuinely. Loved what he, the experience that he's had, the ups and downs, the things that Forest fans take on the chin by being heavily, mostly invested in that club, and you're married to that to the club for life as a fan. You? you you might go through fallow periods and things, bits bits of it where metaphorically you're sleeping in separate beds and you're not talking to each other, but at the end of the day, you're still you're still tied to each other. But I think what Chris did uh, and and what Chris put out and how he said it was really touching and, and I thought very very apt and and, and a nice a nice uh, fundamentally a nice thing to do off the back of the opportunities both personally and professionally Forrest would have afforded him but I, I'll be I'll be intrigued to and I'll, and, I, and I'm sure and I'm sure it'll be something that we all look at follow his career closely and see how Luton are and, and and how they progress and what Nathan makes of him what Paul makes of him what um the the squad of players make of him and I think time will tell whether Forrester missed the trick there
0: or not. Do you think it's um, a brave move by Cohen in the sense of job security? Being an under-23s coach is more secure than um, being a 1st team coach. I mean, like you you haven't taken that step, and not that people are immune from you know losing their jobs at Sky. It's oh, wrong. Sure, that that's yeah, yeah, not, not
1: but, in a slice of um,
0: Do you think it's a, a brave move by Cohen? Because if things go wrong and Nathan Jones gets the bullet, then Chris Cohen might be out on his ear. So do you give him some credit for taking that step?
1: I absolutely do. Uh, again, the pessimist says that if it goes the wrong way at Luton and suddenly he's manager of Luton, it's different, isn't it? It's, um, that th- these are the sliding doors that are all around football. Um, I think it is, is a breath, But I've, I've got uh, former teammates of mine that have ducked into the 23s and they've been in and out relatively quickly. So um, it's not a case of getting below the parapet and you're fine. I think the winds of change blow ever more blustery, don't they, through every single profession across the world, especially this day and age. So I think it is it is a brave move, as you say, but if he's ambitious and he gets the opportunity uh, and someone's actively said, we want you, come and work for us, that's a great position to be in, isn't it? Um, so so like I said, whether, it, whether it's borne out by a successful stint as Nathan's right-hand man, and again, Nathan, he works at Brighton as the right-hand man for, and first-team coach for several different managers, had the chance to branch out on his own, took the plunge, had the chance to branch out into a what you'd say a, a, a slightly bigger club in Stoke, didn't go well, got the chance again to go back to Luton and seems to be grasping it with both hands. So I've got, I've got nothing but respect for someone like Chris that says, do you know what, I've done all this in football, I've got my badges, I'm working through different elements of what it means for me to be a better coach and man-manager Here's a chance to go and have a go right at right at the very kind of the cold face of what it all is.
0: A couple more quick topics before we just begin to wrap things up. I mean, there's a few comments here about the manager, and I think I will, will ask you about them. Um, Kyle Newquest says, uh, "How many more losses can Sabri afford before he's sacked?" And then Dominic Marvel says, "Sabri needs to get results next two games. He's gone. Is it a bit mad that we're talking about this two games into a season?" Or is it a bit mad that we're not surprised we're talking about this two games into a season?
1: I think it falls slight, uh directly in the middle. You can't be slightly mm. in the middle, can you? You've got to be directly in the middle. <laughs> I think because it is the what we've what we have grown accustomed to, and I'm not just saying in the last six months in football, but for however long. You know what I mean, it, it, it's football uh, managers uh, ultimately live and die by the results that are posted, and what helps uh, in the elongation of a manager's tenure at a football club, is performances. If they have many more like the first half, then I think it, then the manager starts to look vulnerable. Um, because, again, and, and again, it's, we're not trying to harp on about a game that's gone, uh, but when when the questions that are being um, asked of that particular side of whether it comes down to desire and, and aptitude and the attitude to to get through 45 minutes worth of footballing work, then that's a tough one to answer for a manager, isn't it? You can, If if you say the team shape's not quite right, we need to swap, that's something that you can actively change if it's a case of him needing to go bonkers at half-time to make sure that people actually get around the pitch. That's a a different problem entirely. I don't think from the evidence that I've seen with my own eyes that he's got a group of players that um, don't want to play for him. I get the sense that they absolutely do. I get, the, I get a sense there's a, there's a certain fragility to the side, which is both the manager's responsibility and the player's responsibility to get over very, very quickly. Um, but it, it's, I think, well, it, even if you are perhaps at the top, it, it's tough. It's, the championship is slightly like different. I always think that most managers and most managers I've spoken to and had the pleasure to be able to spend time with have have said they absolutely understand that you are only a a, a finite amount of games from being in a tricky situation um and this is I I wouldn't want to exacerbate the the pressure that Sabri finds himself under at all but he's got it within his grasp right now moving into the game at the weekend uh sorry at the weekend on on Friday where he can um Actively do as much as he can to change his position, to change his um, outlook, uh, and then after that, he's got to trust in the players that he puts on the pitch. And if he's brought those players in and they don't, and they, he doesn't get the performance and the, result, the results that he needs, there's only one place that you, look, you can look at, and it's the decisions that he's made uh, off his own back
0: um somewhat ironically myself and dan who uh does this with me who's the kind of unseen guy we were saying that we think it's time for to produce a predictions league for this season for forest <laughs> adults, for myself and the guest so um, <laughs> people can play along here in the comments and drop their predictions in for Huddersfield v Forest on Friday night so you're the perfect guest in a sense for this first up <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's never. That's that's never been levelled at me ever. No, so. well, you're the Thank worst football
0: you. guest. Yeah.
1: Uh, well, how do you <laughs> see
0: Huddersfield v Forest? How, how do you see it going on Friday?
1: Well, I think it, it's from from Forest's point of view of trying to get the, their season up and running. I, I, I mean, when, when we talk about what's the perfect game, what's I think obviously, so we the fact that as we well know, fans out there, but getting away from. Uh, uh, the City Ground and going and going to a Huddersfield side that have, have had their own change in the summer, haven't they? And with what Carlos did under the wing of Marcelo Bielsa, I'm, I'm be very intrigued to see what they're like live and, and how they go about it. But uh, going away from home, there's that natural cliched um, setup where the the home side will possibly see more of the ball. I think, as we well know, as has been well documented, that uh, suits Forest to a certain degree, given. The changes that he made early on in the game, I would be—I would be very surprised if he didn't start with both Lyle Taylor and Lewis Graben. Very surprised. Now, I'm not saying that that suddenly cured all ills in the second half, but I think we saw something—a seed of something—a little different. Even though that, even though Lewis didn't complete the game, um, and maybe that dovetailing with Lolly, if they managed to get the players that we're talking about. Um, in and ready and raring to go. Something you see Cyrus on the right hand side. If McKenna's fit and firing and ready to come in and um, lead them from the back, then I think it gives Forrest a hell of a good opportunity to to get points on the board. It does, and I, I, because they're, they're up against the Huddersfield side that had di- a differing set of emotions at the end of last season, didn't work didn't score anywhere near enough goals to make them to make that run in. Um, as comfortable as it possibly could be um and if you come up against a forest defense that suddenly becomes suddenly becomes that uh, approaches the game and is a lot meaner then i think they've got i think it's a it's a wonderful opportunity for them to to really like i said get that first three points on the board because i think by hook or by crook uh and purely from a from as as we well know the way a football season goes points on the board sooner rather than later is going to give them a hell of a chance of being at least in the playoffs
0: Let's just read out a few of these predictions then. Glenn hmm. Page, Forest 3 1.
1: Please tell me they're all positive. Yeah, look, that's a good stat. Glenn they're up, they're up. Not all positive. <laughs> <laughs> Come on.
0: They weren't last week either. Greg Oram, Huddersfield 1, Forest 1. Craig Shepard, 2 0 loss again. James, NFFC, 3 1 Forest. Michael Cooper, this is the most depressing one yet. Huddersfield 1, Forest 0. Carby getting the winner after his loan spell last year. Uh, Ma- Martin Tossedale, Uh, We're going to concede two. And Yvonne Wilson, uh, you'd like a nil nil or a one nil to us? I imagine you'd like a one nil more than a nil nil. I will say uh, one one. And you have to remember this for your Sky Sports column, but you have to give us a prediction for our league table. So, what score are you going to say?
1: I do I, well. I'm going to go Forest away win. I'm I'm going to wow. do that. Not 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 it's purely just because to... you are on a Forest podcast and you know that but, you know it's good it's, PR. It's, it's... You, you've you've seen right through me. Now. No no no, not because it lends itself on this forum hopefully to uh, nice warm thoughts as we progress through the day and into the weekend. But <laughs> um, again, it, it, playing against another side that's failed to pick up points, um, and given the 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 ever, the ever optimistic side of me thinks that because of how the first half went on saturday the and what always drags us back to watching football doesn't it and keeps us there forever is that uh, that that ever ever present hope of it can't be as bad as that to start with and i i can't see it i think they've got too many players and potentially they've got too many players that have got the experience the self um respect and the respect of being part of Forest as a, as a team and a club, to think that, sorry, lads, this first 10, 15 minutes, we, we, we're hard to beat. We um, um, acquit ourselves accordingly. And we also know that people are watching. And, I, and again, this, this is not me trying to um, blow the trumpet of, of the coverage or anything like that, but it, we thoroughly enjoy having Forest on. Uh, and it's a perfect platform with nobody in the crowd to be able to watch it, to show... People watching at home or wherever they're watching it, that yeah, this is this this is where their season starts, and, th- and that's the great thing about playing football. It's always there. That next game's always there to either carry on the wonderful things that you've done, put um, put the things right that weren't so good in the previous game. So I'm going to say, um, get Forest together with a uh, with a, a meaner defence. I'll go Huddersfield nil Forest two. There you go. Excellent.
0: Now talking of good PR these
1: these are these are contractually binding predictions. Just just, these won't stand up in court. You do know that, don't you? I very much do. Now,
0: (laughs) talking of good PR and perception among forest fans, I wanted to finish on, we both wanted to finish on. (laughs) a, A tweet from a former teammate of yours. Yes, yes. Which I'll direct people to, it was Alan Rogers and he compared you he said you were a bit too negative about the team he compared you to a uh, sexual age shall we say um and you can search that on twitter it's alan rogers r o g e r s um i should give you right to reply i mean it, it made like, it laugh. It, like it
1: it did it did and 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 that as we know that forum and and the internet is in general gives scope and platform to to uh Put forth opinion, which I absolutely understand and uh, totally get. Um, knowing Tank like I did, he was he was he was a fantastic um, teammate. He um, good good football as well. Tank, i i really enjoyed uh, playing with him. And that season, if you remember rightly, the season that Forrest got promoted back to the Premier League, which would have been end of ninety eight, mid ninety eight, wasn't it? 97, 98, yeah. 97, 98. He, he was very much. Part of that one, he that that powerful role that he played from fullback um, really nailed it down. And as I progressed into the first team, um, he was. And let me let me state this like generationally, the way that young footballers came through. I, I presume it's changed slightly now, but um, he, he he gave you no leeway. He um, kept you on your toes. Um, I, I think I probably learnt a fair few new. Swear words off the back of meeting him um, but he was. If you proved yourself to be worthy of being one of his teammates, he he, he would he would very much stand in the trenches next year, obviously metaphorically, and, and um and um, go and 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 look after you. And he was exactly that. It was he was funny uh, and very outgoing and, and gregarious. Uh, and I think possibly his description from Saturday <laughs> reflected that. Um, and uh, and. If if Alan's tuning in or gets wind of this, um, as I said, I'm, I'm normally um, a, a natural optimist and 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 somebody who looks for the bright bright side of stuff in life. And uh, if if I came across uh, a slightly negative tank tank, I love that nickname, Um then I apologise for that, my friend, and we'll accentuate the positives as much as we can. But I tell you what what has to happen with that as well, Matt. Is you then can't watch forty-five minutes of football that apt, aptly reflects <laughs> what you've just spoken about because you, you can't pull the wool over fans' eyes. You can't. You, we can't sit there and then say, "Oh, well, they give it a go," when quite obviously it was it wasn't up to scratch. But um, but uh, yeah, th- that that side of what Forrest gave me and him a platform to be able to play professional football for a mightily big football club is something that I will always be eternally grateful for. Let me
0: ask you one last quick question on a tangent of that. <laughs> is it to do with what he
1: said that? Oh, it's yeah.
0: absolutely not. I'm like nervous about what <laughs> yeah, I think, on I I think, think we've boxed on. What's he... It's yeah, I was thinking, what's he going to say all the way through his answer there? A... Yeah. <laughs> we got through it. Um, the one thing I was going to ask you, a more serious question is, do you think it's a different world coming through now for a young player in terms of the characters and what goes on in dressing rooms? Is there any insight you can give viewers and listeners on that? <laughs> is it a completely different game?
1: I think I think the fundamentals are exactly the same of of what younger players do need to learn through experience of of being able to mentally and emotionally equip yourself for playing professional football because even more so now that forum for opinion reflection debate and um, analysis is huge. I remember if you were the the first reaction you'd get if you were. You're trying to get into a first team is the reaction of the first team players. You get ones if you were in the same position, wouldn't mind them kicking you up in the air um, just to show that you're not getting my shirt anytime soon. And if you are, you've got to absolutely fight for it. Um, but you've also, uh, but, and the other ones that would be a bit more welcoming and, and a bit more um, understanding of what it is to be a young player. That, that forest first team that I managed to get into with the likes of. Dave Bessant, Chris Bart Williams, Andy Johnson, Alan Rogers, uh Marlon was was coming through it probably just before me. Was a team of of really quite stout, proper men, if you like. And you you had to get in and and hit the ground running and keep your mouth shut. Um and you were the butt of every single joke. That's probably set the tone for the rest of my life, Matt, to be honest. But it's uh, I'm fine with that. But um you, you, um, and you—that's that's how we did it. And you, the were the only way you endeared yourself to these players was to perform and approach a game in the right way, and not be high maintenance, not be hysterical, not be uh, someone that needed babysitting. But they there was that mutual affection and fondness that grew by knowing that you could rely on each other. And I think I don't think that'll change. I think younger players coming in still need to do that. But I think that approach of what we, <laughs> what would be vaguely described as character building I I think has possibly changed which given and 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 to and to um, and to just sound a a, a serious note for just a second and there's a fair bit of that that has changed for the better I think you've you've absolutely got to say because of what what somebody classes as character building or a bit of a laugh can to someone from a different point of view with different background altogether can be seen as uh, something a bit more sinister, which I absolutely get, and uh, has been correctly addressed, I think, in in a lot of a lot of departments. But I think it, it's it's that right of passage, that time of life of growing from an adolescent where um, you were prepared for that type of environment, which is what Paul Hart did so well, and Gary Neville spoken about it when he talks about the class of '92, and he talks about players coming through. Of it was it was stress testing whether it was um, conscious or unconscious by a manager, player, teammate boss etc of can he cope can they cope in this situation and when you've got to play in front of crowds and be thrown up into the public forum of we think you're either good, bad uh, or indifferent you've, you've got to make sure that you're competent and comfortable enough in yourself to be able to understand that you've got to deal with that and I think um, that, that'll that never change but then the flip side of that is younger players come through very early now don't they And there's a whole heap of dynamics which um I, I think it, the ones that get through and get to the very, very top, yes, it's a very cosseted and glorified pers- profession and doesn't cure cancer, doesn't stop the world from, um I don't know, going into very murky waters in, in certain areas, but it, it does afford a lot of people a lot of joy and at the very top end and across the, the divisions as we've seen is big business. So if players get through that and can become reliable professionals that lead themselves in the correct possible way, then that that uh, that kind of maturity period has, has done its job. And I think there are nuggets and fundamentals in that that will always be the same. But I, I, I loved it and I look back on it with very, very fond memories. And um, whenever you have the opportunity to go back there and be in the the tunnels and, and the dressing room, the place smells exactly the same. It might have had a lick of paint in certain respects, but the memories and the and the and the walls and the kind of halls of that place contain lots of memories for far greater players than me, and I think we all naturally agree that it's a place that helps to helps to define and develop players, and hopefully it will always remain that way.
0: Well, thank you very much for that, and thank you very much for everyone who um, joined us and watched along. We had a load of comments. I'm sorry I didn't get to them all. We had way too many to get to this week. Um, for those who are listening on Apple iTunes and uh, any other podcast outlet, especially Apple iTunes, if you can give us a review, a good review, five stars, it really does make a difference. I know I say this all the time. There are so many forest podcasts, it's ridiculous. So we do appreciate everyone who listens to this. Uh, David, thank you very much for joining us.
1: Matt, it's been a pleasure, my friend. And any time, and we go into the weekend with open hearts, open minds, and full of optimism, don't we?
0: Yes, we absolutely do. Thank you for not ending my career without answers to the Alan Rogers
1: question. <laughs> Sorry, just throw the hand grenade at me, I'll be dodging it like that. It's fine.
0: <laughs> Exactly. No, thank you very much. And thanks for everyone who watched along. We'll be back next week. Hope everyone has a good weekend and we'll see you soon. Thank you for listening to Garibaldi Red, a Nottingham Forest podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, then please let us know. We love hearing your feedback. We'll be back soon with another episode. Thanks for listening.